depend on it. He's, he's the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America. One voice, united we stand. Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. We want you to be informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How are you doing today? Good. I got a curveball to throw you. All right. Um, You're familiar with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, Yes. And they characterized Dr. Ben Carson as an extremist until they got uh, an inordinate large amount of feet back and they took him off the extremist list. How could they do that in the first place? Uh, you'll have to ask them, buddy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that that one did not make any sense. Well, as in, as in politics, as a lot of my friends say uh, up here, who are on the uh, the Democratic side of the ball? They say, "Well, how uh, those those Republicans are crazy," and I always turn to them and say, "Yeah, well, they think you're crazy too." So, yep. you know, maybe it's just as simple as that. Yep, very good. I think it stemmed from a comment he made about traditional marriage and kids growing up in that kind of environment, and somehow he got thrown on that list. But speaking of being thrown on a list, this homeland security issue that's out there. Uh, the lines have been drawn. Yes, they have. Where and, uh, do they stand right now? I would now? say that the level, the intensity level of the last couple of days, when, and now look, everybody's just about to leave. The House is literally minutes away from running to the airport to be gone for the next 10 days. The Senate's already out of town. They'll be back the week of the 23rd. And judging from the intensity level of the last few days and the uh, the stick in your eye, finger in your eye, you know, back of the hand kind of uh, mentality we've got from both sides right now on this issue, and everybody digging in, nobody giving in, I think it's pretty much uh, we're headed for two weeks from today to a shutdown of the Department of Homeland Security with everybody pointing the finger at everybody else and saying it's your fault, no, it's your fault. I mean, as of right now, the Republicans are right. They passed their bill in the House of Representatives. Speaker Boehner can keep saying that because he did exactly what many in his own party wanted. Uh, The Senate is unable to move on it uh, because Democrats are blocking the bill. They're not even allowing it to come up for debate. On the other hand, even if the bill came up for debate, uh, there wouldn't be 60 votes then to pass something that I think a lot of Republicans in the House would want. You know, it's a, it's a, it's really interesting because we got several storylines going on here. One, you have Democrats versus Republicans, and certainly just because the GOP won control of the Senate doesn't mean they get everything because of right. the filibuster. They, you got to have sixty votes, and you know the Republicans ran the the Democrats through that problem for the last eight years a number of times, and now that the majority and the minority have flipped, it's coming back uh, to hit the Republicans and slow them down. It's the way the Senate works. There are a number uh, also uh, the fault lines, though, are between Republicans, among Republicans. Republicans in the House have been lobbing an awful lot of grenades over at their colleagues and friends in the Senate. Uh, there are a number of Republicans now who say that the, uh, the GOP leadership in the Senate should do away with the filibuster entirely. 
which I see is somewhat ironic since that's always been a, a call of more liberal groups to do that. But now that, you know, they argue that the Democrats shouldn't be able to determine the agenda even when the Republicans have been in charge. Well, you know what? That's what the Republicans did to the Democrats in recent years, was they were able to use that power of the minority. So there, there's a lot of infighting going on in Republican ranks. They are certainly, if, there's, if you had to grade things, Herman, the Democrats are much more united right now than the Republicans on this immigration issue. And the Republicans, most of them, still contend that the president has really stretched the limits of the immigration law to oh, be I able to do some of I think all of them would agree to that. It's just what you do about it. And yes. if you don't have 60 votes, frankly, if you don't have 67 and 290, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Uh, the other oddity of this whole debate, as I've uh, talked to you about, is that even if you force the shutdown of the Department of Homeland Security, you do not end the work on the implementation of the Obama executive actions, because the department dealing with immigration inside of the Department of Homeland Security is fully funded through fees that they bring in for immigration services. And so you can shut down the Department of Homeland Security, but you won't even stop the work of the one department that the Republicans are really mad about. And that's the immigration services part of it. So the irony would be is that you may have a shutdown, which then could deny paychecks to, say, Secret Service agents, TSA, Coast Guard, you know, anybody working in the Department of Homeland Security, except for a couple of agencies that are funded by fees, like some customs agencies, and immigration. And so that'll be the irony is that you'll go through this big fight, and yet the people that the Republicans are really trying to get at, the immigration uh, people working on those issues that the president's brought up, they'll be able to keep on getting paid and keep going to work no problem. But if, they, if in the budget that the House passed, they really have no leverage in there, then um, what, 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 what are they doing? I, I don't get it. Well, I think they uh, they want to uh, basically force. tie and force this, but the problem is you can tie it on there, as they've done in the House, but if you can't get a bill through the Senate and you can't even get it down to the president to force him to veto it, you do at some point have to think about a plan B. Now, obviously the Republicans see it, um, there are some Republicans, actually in the Senate there are a couple of Republicans who argue that the course that the GOP is on right now is just not the right thing. You have, I just was down off the floor of the House talking to a couple of Republicans on the House side, and uh, they, they want the Senate uh, Republicans to do anything they can, change the rules, do whatever it takes to get this bill through. Of course, then it would still be vetoed. That's the thing. So in the bill in, from the House, they have some language in there uh, Restricting the president's actions, is that the deal? Restricting the, the use of any monies within the Department of Homeland Security, whether in the budget or brought in by fees, to implement not only the oh, executive actions, but also the DACA provisions from a number a couple of years ago. So that's how, that's how they would use this funding bill, is to use the power of the purse to deny the administration the money they could not use. None of the funds could be used to implement those actions. Uh, so they can get that through the House. They've done that. The problem is they can't get it even on the Senate floor, and they certainly can't get it down to the White House, and they certainly couldn't get past a veto. Gotcha. So I guess the, the, the question then is, is there a way to, to back out of this, or do you just have a big showdown that's not only Democrat versus Republican, but also Republican on Republican? Because the GOP uh, infighting is only going to grow. And, you know, the one thing that's, I think, really interesting for people who aren't here is there is such a difference between the House and the Senate. You think of them as pretty much the same place, and they're only separated by a couple hundred yards. But th there's a, a big difference. And 
I just sense that the the increasing calls by Republicans in the House for the Republicans in the Senate to change the rules and do something drastic is really sort of aggravating the Republicans in the Senate. So there's some bad blood not only between the parties but inside the GOP on this. Meanwhile, the Democrats 100% unified. Like Reagan says, whether they're right or wrong, they are unified. Yeah, and it's much easier to be unified, frankly, when you're in the minority because you're just sort of going against what the other side does. And this is the big question now for the Republicans. I think there's a lot of Republican lawmakers, especially in the House, who, um, you know, let's shut the Department of Homeland Security down is what they would say. Who cares? You know, lay it all on the president. But I think there are a number of Republicans who don't agree with that, and so you've seen some splintering within GOP ranks. And the Democrats, look, over the next 10 days, they're going to try to take advantage. If there's any interview, any quote that's sort of off the, you know, off to the side from a Republican, they're going to harp on that all they can over the next two weeks. This is the final weekend for open enrollment relative to the Obama health care law. Are there any early indications about how many people have signed up? Uh, they're going to get over 10 million, which is a little more. It's not. It's less than the original estimates of a few years ago, but a little more than what they had put out a few months ago, which a lot of people thought were lowballed just in case there were troubles. I mean, I, I think we do have to note, Herman, that a year ago we were talking extensively about all the hiccups and the troubles with healthcare.gov. The IT people seem to have fixed those. We certainly aren't hearing the stories. I mean, there's still problems. But we're not hearing the stories we were a year ago. That being said, uh, it's sort of hard to figure out, okay, if there are several million more people signing up, what's the reason? Are they coming into the system because they've decided they need to? Uh, are they, uh, is it as a result of people having their insurance uh, canceled because of other changes being forced by the health law? You know, that we don't really get the the basics on those figures. And here's another thing, actually, another sort of negative for the administration, is at the end of this month, another 200,000 people, and this goes along with what I think there was about 120,000 at the end of last year, another 200,000 people are going to lose their insurance through the exchanges because they have not been able to give enough documentation to Uncle Sam to prove that they are either A, a U.S. citizen, or B, a legal resident here in the United States. So immigration issues have, will have now have knocked out about one-third of a million people off the rolls. And there's a lot of uh, immigration groups who argue that it's uh, and really it's denying health care to people who are legally here, but they've been unable to prove that they should stay. So the, the deadline for open enrollment is Sunday. I'm sure the administration next week will trumpet the figures, and you do have to say healthcare.gov has not been coughing and 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 uh, going belly up almost like it was a year ago that we know about well i think we'd hear i, I mean I, I really do i mean what how did we hear a year ago it was people saying i can't get in i mean i don't know how many emails and messages on social media i got a year ago from people who would send me screenshots of how they couldn't get anywhere i haven't been getting any of those this time and and i'm sure there's people who are having trouble don't get me wrong i'm sure it's not perfect but uh, they seem to have uh, quieted down those trouble spots. I'm getting more calls from people who say who are saying that they don't qualify for a subsidy, uh, but at the same t- and as a result they can't afford it because it's double or triple. It's more than their mortgage. I get more of those kinds of yep. calls this year rather than people saying they can't get in. And speaking of that, uh, we. St- want to remind people that that Supreme Court case is still pending that we won't hear about until this summer relative to subsidies being given out through the federal exchange. Right now, the language in the law doesn't allow that, right? Uh, Well, it doesn't allow it for states, some argue, that did not set up their own exchange. Right. 
Um, right. That those arguments I think are March the fourth. But there are some there are some stories out there this week about the four people who brought the suit and whether or not they really have actual standing because two of them actually qualify for VA coverage and one and one of them qualifies for Medicaid as well. So there's some procedural questions about that. I don't know if they're going to get in the way of the arguments, uh, but we'll see what happens in coming weeks. And standing means that you are personally harmed exactly. or harmed by it, and therefore I got you. So if you qualify for Medicaid, you it would seem to me that you can't be bringing a lawsuit about subsidies because you would be qualifying for coverage in a different manner. Gotcha. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. No problem, Herman. Have a good weekend. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. When you're listening to Herman Cain, Herman Cain, you won't miss any breaking news. And you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman Cain is on Coast to Coast. Coming up, rapid fire. You get a minute and I get a minute and we learn from one another. <laughs> 